should make sure first of all though that I'm actually in the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's gonna be fine. Wow. Wow. It's crazy. Those are looking at his computers. This is why we need the video because people are like, damn, you're a good looking man. Hit me up in the comments. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Give give me a five star rating in the Apple Store. Yeah. And say we're specifically because of it. We should get more iTunes ratings. Nobody rates us. Welcome everyone to another great episode of the Do Better Dev Show. Some might argue it's the greatest show ever because we now have our co-host and a guest in person, and it's our 25th episode. So you know, as Anis, uh, our guest said before, it is a doubly jubly. Hashtag triple blessed. Hashtag triple blessed, yeah. So, yeah. It is, yeah, it's a meeting Nathan in person for the first time since we started this recording. I was say, you've met, met yeah. Since we started recording. I am I'm clarifying it. This is a big deal, guys. We, you know, COVID's starting to ramp up, ramp down, and our production value is going, like, exponentially up, if I, if I may say so. Um, yeah, so, introductions. Nathan, as you know, our certified AWS solutions extraordinaire. Now you can see him facepalm in person instead <laughs> of just the video. In HD. In HD, yeah, 4K premium. And yeah, and we have Anish today. Anish has been my college friend uh, for about eight years now, which is crazy. And he's been working in Shopify for about six years. So pretty and much since we graduated. Since we graduated, yeah. And yeah, he's held a number of positions there. I'll let him uh, talk about those later on. But yeah, I'm excited for this episode. How are you guys? I'm doing well. It's crazy to be in a room with other people. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. I mean, last Saturday was the first time in a long time I'd seen people. So doing it again in a week is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, is starting to feel life is coming back to us. Slowly, wow. but surely. In other words, I'm feeling good. Wow. Despite your intro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe you shouldn't have gotten that certification if you don't want me talking about it. I will be proud, Nathan. You can't take that away from he's, me. I think he's just saying he wants Corona to come back so it can go back to a digital format. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, don't, don't generate internet hate with a demand like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How about you, Anise? How you been? Good. Um, as any people who are nerdy might be listening, it's been E3 for the last like five days. So that has been pretty exciting to do nothing and watch conferences all day. I agree. I've been doing that with you. Yeah, you have. <laughs> and, uh, to some success, there was some good conferences and to less, there was some really not so good ones. Yeah. Starting day three, it was just a downwards graph yeah. and that's just E3. It so. was. So, but I've enjoyed the ride. <laughs> Very cool. Speaking of cool stuff, Nathan, <laughs> Jeez. in the last week, have you had any cool, frustrating, or yeah. interesting things happen? Yeah, yeah, let me see. Right, so, uh, cool, interesting things. Right, so, cool, interesting thing. We actually, all three of us, watched Inside by Bo Burnham uh, last week. And interesting is definitely a good way to describe it. I think it's... It's hard to even say, it wouldn't be like my favorite of his specials, but it's so different that I can't even say like, it's not like comparable. Like they're not comparable in any way. They're so different, but I enjoyed watching it. I'm really glad I got to see it because I don't actually have Netflix myself. So <laughs> I just uh, showed up at somebody else's house and watched it there. And for frustrating, I'm going to say just in general, because this came up today, just bike shedding. 
just any conversation that leads to bike shedding is so frustrating. So this was a how should we how should we write this URL for this one API endpoint? And it was like, should we use dashes? Or do we just put it all together in one word? And suddenly people who aren't on the team hopped in. And I'm like, this was not your discussion to have. <laughs> uh, but those were, every time there's something that anybody can have an opinion on, that's when they all do. Um, so it, that's one of the reasons. I think it's probably the second biggest reason that I dislike working with CSS is because that's bike shedding central. Everybody shows up and they're like, oh, I think the button should look like this. And this, in this case, it was, I prefer underscores. What's the difference with that and dashes? Why can't we just smash it together? And everybody's just like, there's three people on this team. This was a conversation for us. <laughs> so, bike shedding. Yeah, and if you put underscores in your API paths, you're going to hell. Yeah. yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, dashes <laughs> or camel case. If anything, camel case. That was but. that was how this all began. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was code review saying let's not put underscores in this, and then it became everybody with their opinions on whether or not it should be underscores. So. That does sound frustrating. Yeah, it's, just, it's <laughs> that it was a short conversation, not too mm. bad. But generally speaking, bike shedding is the worst thing. I try to avoid it. That's but, why that's why something like uh, Prettier, or any sort of code formatter, is great. That's true. It removes a ton of bike shedding from code where people are like, I don't like curly braces to be there. I like parentheses to be removed from arrow functions. Just get rid of it. Yeah, that's true. This episode is not sponsored by Prettier, but <laughs> it is a great product. Use it. Yeah. We're also not... What other things are we not sponsored by? Ridge Wallet? Uh, uh, yeah, we're not sponsored by anybody. Uh, it's just us. And uh, yeah. Cool. So what kind of cool, interesting stuff happened to you, Anise? This week? Yeah. Um, E3. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aside from that, honestly, not too much. Um, I took, I literally took off work just to do E3, so that's been my main focus. Um, uh, if I do dive into that a little bit, there was, you know, a couple great games released this week, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Anything you're super excited about? Uh, the new Ration Clank for PS5. It's pretty fantastic. They built it for the ground up for PS5, um, which doesn't seem to be a case like for other Sony exclusives that are going to be coming out in like the next year or so, because they still want to tie it back to the previous generation for PS4. So it's kind of cool to finally see at least one developer being like, no, we're going to do it specifically with all of these enhanced functions in mind. So that's that was great. And Ration Clank is just fun. It's just fun, funny game. So yeah yeah that's part of a uh, frustrating thing that i noticed last week was the whole playstation saying here's this new console with all these amazing graphics and powers but we're gonna make games that are compatible with previous gen which is something they never did in previous generations so exactly it's, it's... so they're not really leveraging all the components of the new console and that's kind of it's a but it is it's kind of where the business mind for gaming is going yeah right now so with xbox series x and xbox series s they're pretty much doing the same thing so they're also putting everything on game pass they are uh day one if you <laughs> if you saw the conference yeah. they would literally put a screen after each game saying day one on games pass and then they highlighted it like, <laughs> of the 30 games we announced yeah. 27 are on game pass yeah. if you didn't miss it like, every single time i was like yes I got, which is fantastic yeah well yeah. christmas because i got they had that one dollar to get three months or whatever and then if you got the upgrade for a dollar to ultimate 
it applied it to all the years you had for the regular Game Pass. So I yep. bought Game Pass for three years, whatever the max was, upgraded for a dollar to Ultimate, and got three years of Ultimate. Yeah. So now I've got now I've got Game Pass with all these games they're going to announce. Yeah, there you go. And 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 honestly, like what it's fifteen bucks a month. So even if you play two ninety dollar games in a year. Uh, you've made back your entire investment in Games Pass. Yeah, so. and I just play one game for seven years. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Clearly, I'll make my money back. <laughs> yeah, and if anybody's unaware of the game Nathan plays, uh, go back, li- go and listen to previous episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I've only played that one for six months. <laughs> previous to that. Yeah, right? he'll talk about that for the next seven years, so it's That's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the cool stuff. BC is on track for Phase 2. We have... Not on track, we already are in Phase 2, right? Start, yeah. yeah, by the time this episode comes out, Phase 2 will be live, and it'll be exciting, because I can go outside of the places I already can go to. So 50 people gatherings. That's true. Yeah. I just need to have 47 other friends now. <laughs> <laughs> Theoretically. Theoretically, yeah. The Do Better Dev Show Hangout. Yeah. We'll, we'll host an event that no one will come to, because we have no marketing department. Um... Uh, <laughs> I know somebody. <laughs> you know somebody. Okay, yeah, cool. We'll get them involved. Yeah. <laughs> All the, uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll move on to the the meat of the show. Why we're all here today? All right. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to learn and listen all about Shopify. Well, I got information in spades about Shopify. So wow. It's a good thing. Good thing I'm here. Yeah, well, because <laughs> I seriously don't even know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you start us off there? Like e-commerce. That's the extent of what I know. Okay. Well, I I'll do a brief like overview of what Shopify is and like maybe in comparison to its competitors Amazon but I mean uh, (laughs) um, like Shopify basically what it is is a website builder but it's like a very in-depth handholdy kind of website builder and it's specifically for e-commerce stores so if you were to go on the website start your 14-day trial basically what will happen is it'll it'll walk you through ask you a few questions and then throw you into the builder itself so there's like several sections that you can you can work on in order to prepare your site. So one would be products, one would be the site itself, which we have like a ton of free themes you can choose in, and then and then choose what it is you want to do in those sections of the theme. And it's all kind of like WYSIWYG, kind of like here, here you want to go through this, this, and this in order to make your website look this way. Um, and then you add your products, you add the images, you add the price, you add your shipping settings. And then basically we just give like a, a semi-professional website out there for you after you add all these things that can be particularly branded to whatever it is that you want to sell. So in comparison to something like Amazon, Amazon everything is obviously centralized. It's all through Amazon's website. You're, you're, you're probably not going to get any recognition except for your name in, uh, in the product purchasing uh, flow in Amazon. Whereas Shopify, we want to be very decentralized. So that means every website is made to look like what it is you want it to be. The only way you'd be able to tie back to Shopify is when you check out. And if you were to check out the theme or a logo at the bottom of the website. Otherwise, there's no other proprietary Shopify um, labels or anything else throughout the entire website. Okay. So it's... It's essentially a builder, not necessarily focused on like, because I'm thinking of you know Squarespace hosting or something like that, where they're like, you can put, you can sell items on here, but it's just an add-on to a Squarespace hosted site that looks like a Squarespace site, even if you've paid to remove the sponsored by Squarespace or built by Squarespace thing, uh, it 
looks like a Squarespace site. Sounds like that's very different than the Shopify. I, uh, I mean, we we build it with products in mind. So right. so unlike Squarespace, where you can't where you can really tailor it to like a blog or or a personal website or anything like that, uh, Shopify is specifically best and and should usually only be used when you want to actually sell something. Mm-hmm. As for the recognition, like it really depends how familiar you are with Shopify. Like we got like maybe 15, 20 free themes that you can choose from. But for someone like me, I can almost always point out when it's a Shopify site. Right. Most people, like the general public who just want to buy something, won't notice. But if, if for example, if you're a Shopify partner, um, where where you do like contract work, uh, it would be really easy for you to start picking up like what's what's gonna be Shopify. And the checkout is almost always the same. So if you do reach checkout, you're gonna notice that it's a Shopify checkout. And we do that to prevent any like. Um, security breaches or any hacking of any kind so makes sense (laughs) (laughs) very cool so what do you do at shopify i after six years um (laughs) i I would say i've done a lot and not a lot at the same time but um three different positions um i started off as a guru as it was known six years ago but later they've updated it now to be support advisor as they felt uh, Guru wasn't quite the label they were going for. So that I was just hired straight out of college. And normally what a Guru's role is, is you're on chats or phones, basically. And it's kind of your job to, to be the, the knowledge base for all of, all of the people calling in or, or chatting in. Because there's no other direct interaction aside from the support advisors with merchants, with customers. Um, so it's kind of your job to, you know, know what's the best way to to work on their their marketing what's the best way for them to display their products for shipping settings for theme settings so you're kind of like that one point where you're a generalist um but you're you're expected to at least go and find that information even if you don't have it um so i did that for a year um that was i was pretty tired by the end of it because a year of all chats and phones can be pretty tiresome um an afternoon pretty much yeah (laughs) eight hours straight um and then i ended up going into technical merchant support so what that was is uh or or is at the moment is like a step up from support advisor so for example if a merchant calls in and is like hey i press this button and it's not doing what it's supposed to do like i'm not being able to save my product changes uh, properly um support advisors can't deal with that but they do send it to our team and and sorry, my old team, and uh, they're the ones who find uh, the correct avenue as to getting an issue like that um, solved. Uh, And that's basically the whole position for technical merchant support. You go through the day doing tickets, finding issues, finding solutions to those issues, and basically like also assisting support advisors as you're doing it. Uh, the, The latest position I had, which I've had about for a month, I think it's been about a month now, um, is uh, incident response technical. So I decided that just doing one-on-one issues, like doing specific issues, didn't feel that impactful for me. Because sure, I was helping a merchant, but it would be like, hey, uh, this translation in this language isn't working properly. Like, okay, yeah, I can fix this for this one merchant who's having this issue. But I wanted to do something that kind of like had more um, impact to the system as a whole. So within incident response technical, my new position, um, if something is broken completely across Shopify, 
it's um, kind of our job to, to deal with support advisors, letting them know that's the issue so they can let merchants know that's the issue, and then kind of walk with devs through the issue in order to find if there's a PR breaking it, or is there a third-party service, or is there something wrong with the API, or what. Um, and then we try and address it in the shortest amount of time possible in order to make sure there's no downtime or loss of sale for merchants in general. Very cool. Which one's your favorite so far? <laughs> um, they all have their perks and, uh, and not so much perks. Um, uh, but, you know, um, I, I'm enjoying incident response, honestly. Um, it feels very like when technical merchant support was getting off the ground, um, there's maybe only 10 of us on the West Coast doing it. And that was about five years ago. Now there's about like 60, 70 people on the team. So with this incident response technical, it's also a new position. And there's about seven of us, so it very much feels like I'm doing that again, but at a different facet of the company. So that's that's a pretty enjoyable kind of way I've been experiencing it. Yeah, what kind of qualifications generally take for these kind of different positions? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> uh, as a guru or support advisor, I was definitely overqualified. Um, but back then I felt like the hiring processes were a bit more stringent. Um, now, um, they're looking for more generalists as opposed to like straight up troubleshooting mindset, which is what I definitely had when I first applied. Um, but honestly, at this point, like if you're good with tech, if you're good with marketing, if you're good with business in general, um, even the theme, theme branding, stuff like that, um, it would be worth it to even just look. Uh, as a see if you want to start off as a support advisor. Um, generally, I took long moving out of that position a year. Um, most people get out in six months and then move to like a more specific part of the company they want to work in. So like you do pay your dues, but you know it, it's there to familiarize with yourself with the system in general, and then you can specialize in things past that for sure. Of course. And then, you know, like technical merchant support for me and IR tech, those were just progressions of where I started as a support advisor and built up that knowledge. So, yeah. And, and Shopify hires a lot of remote employees, right? A hundred percent. We, well, literally a hundred percent remote. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's, um, that's a big thing that our CEO pushed for during Corona. Um, we were mostly, well, I wouldn't say mostly remote, but we were largely remote before Corona. But since Corona, it's a hundred, it's become a hundred percent now. Um, even d any kind of dev position, you can do it from home. Um, or if you live in one of the major cities like Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, and soon to be Vancouver, um, you could have the choice of going into the office if you want to. So, Very cool. Yeah, That's what I'm hearing from everybody too because people still reach out on LinkedIn and those sorts of things and they're like, advertising that it's remote i'm like you and everybody else so. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a huge thing right yeah people want to know you know do, do you have that choice it uh, totally changed the landscape on the dev side at least for canada because now you've got companies in toronto reaching out to the west coast and now the market's totally different because the markets were very segregated before so remote works great for at least i assume for the companies if they want to keep doing it and it's definitely been good from my perspective, for the employees. For sure, yeah. I mean, not only does it let you work from the comfort of your home, companies become more, and this is something Shopify has been doing for a while, but they become more invested in making sure your home can be an office where you can concentrate by giving you perks and stuff like that and generalizing salaries so that, you know, you're not 
being underpaid for somewhere you might be, you know, living over the wage, higher wage of, but yeah. Yeah, and if everybody's remote, then nobody's getting left out of in-person meetings, which yeah. is really nice. That's true. Uh, you just need Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody's very familiar at this point, I think. Yeah. What's Zoom? <laughs> uh, not sponsored, right? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's true. They're not sponsoring us if we don't talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> Is Shopify? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I can get you guys some sweet swag if you want. Yeah, I'll have oh, that sounds that sounds really good, actually. Uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, so let, let's say I'm a random guy who listened to this awesome podcast <laughs> and figured, oh, what the hell? I should tr check out Shopify. Like, what would be a good use case? why would somebody start off and like the the flow becoming a customer uh okay that's a good question um i'm gonna break it down into like two different perspective people because i feel like this is a big thing and it is a hot topic right now when it comes to e-commerce a lot so the mostly the two people who do want to start their their own online store they either have a product they they themselves want to specifically sell or they want to get into drop shipping. Um, normally, let's say if you have your own product you want to sell, um, what you would do is you would start a Shopify store. Um, you would take pictures of your products, set price points for them, start your theme, start taking images of whether people using your product, product itself, um, whatever brand it is you want to show people within the first couple pages that you're going to have on your store. Um, and then from there, you, you would maybe extend your product, you would set shipping settings, maybe you only want to ship to Canada for now, maybe you want to do Canada US, maybe later you want to do international shipping. Um, all of those options are there and each have like their own, you know, tax settings that you can set as well, package settings um, in order to ensure that you're sending out the same thing for the shipping label that you can purchase on Shopify every single time. Um, and that's, that's basically it to get yourself up and running. Um, at least with your own product and in that case you can always think of expansion by like hiring people to do you know go through orders to fulfill the orders for you hiring a social media manager hiring a marketing exec um you can do all of those things yourself there's also the shopify partner system which is people who are familiar with shopify will put their um, basically their resume up on the partner's website and then you can choose people by location by price and have them either do like a one-time job to kind of help you kick off the business or you can hire them for long term so that they can do something like you know build up um your your visitor rate for your website for example so that that's generally how it goes for for if you have your own idea for a product um the market is very saturated right now so you really need to make sure that the product you do want to sell you make it clear why yours is different and like what it is that you can offer that the other competitors aren't offering. Um, now, when it comes to drop shipping, that that is a bit of a different beast. Um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I can see you, 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 you definitely get what I'm saying. Yeah, he's just happy that's the keyword now we can put everywhere oh. to get all the likes. <laughs> yeah, the podcast is just gonna pull. pull. Yeah. Drop shipping. yeah, drop shipping with <laughs> Angular, React, and Vue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Shopify uses all of them. <laughs> um, uh, so dropshipping like I, I'm going to give a, a basic overview because I do know about it but at the same time it's such a, a, a varied thing that it's really hard to cover all your bases with it 
Um, with dropshipping, the idea is is that there are these um, mass producers of products. For example, AliExpress is like one of the biggest ones in the market right now. So you're thinking, you know, I don't have a product, but I want to start a store. Then you go to AliExpress. Usually there's an app, an app. In this case, Shopify does have an app with AliExpress. You would choose the specific products that they have, and then you would portray them on your store as if you were selling them. The way the dropshipping works is AliExpress would use like a relay point to send their products to whoever it is you sold that product to. Um, that's that's basically dropshipping. The only difference is is what the products are and who you're going through. Most of the time, you know, these big companies have easier ways of you going through them in order to to process the orders and off offshoot off the product. Um, but then, you know, there are suppliers that are less known. So, for example, you could find some 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 producer who doesn't even have a website presence, but you go to them and you say that I will sell your product, but I'll pay you, you know, whatever on the dollar in order to make sure they're getting a cut of what it is you're selling. That's going to be more difficult because you have to go out and find those suppliers. But again, that could make it easier for you because that way, you know, you're not competing, competing with tens of thousands of people who all have the same lamp on their website, for example. Um, <laughs> which kind of leads into another thing is that um, if you are somebody who already has, you know, mass produced thousands of products and you don't really know like where to send them, where to, what to store them, what you want to do with them. Um, a big kind of buzzword that Shopify has been throwing around a lot lately is the Shopify fulfillment network. So that kind of cuts out the middleman. Um, you would take your products, give it to Shopify. Shopify would keep it in the fulfillment centers, much like Amazon does, and we would ship it out for you. The only difference is you're not going through, you know, Amazon's website. You're going through your own website, your own product um, set at the locations you want them to be in order for them to be shipped out. So hopefully that wasn't too off topic no no <laughs> it's all on topic this is shopify <laughs> we're talking about and that sounds really cool so it's basically like you have your own warehouses exactly and yeah. we manage it for you pretty much and we send it if you need you know tons of products sent to new jersey because you want to be on the east coast or somewhere near la we would take that product we would take it for you and send it to that fulfillment center in order for it to be accessible by the shipping area you're trying to sell to I had no idea that Shopify did this stuff. It, it, it's it's a new, it's it's extremely new thing we've been talking about for the last, I don't know, six months. It hasn't been public for very long, but um, mm. it's it's kind of like our our real way to try and punch Amazon in, <laughs> in order to compete with them, because that 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 kind of like puts us on that uh, level of you know having that two day shipping, but you know being able to do it from your own store, you know. So. Right. Hmm. So are you going to open up a store now? Yeah, sell all those widgets I have. <laughs> widgets? That's just a generic term for okay. things. Things. Yeah. Wow, why can't you just say things? Or you could say fidget <laughs> as in fidget spinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, fidget, fidget spinners are a big thing, they're, honestly. They're coming back. <laughs> 2017 is new again. There you go. <laughs> 2017 was always new. Cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, like at least from the products perspective, uh, I I don't have anything on the Shopify's end. It, like, if Nathan doesn't have any questions, oh, I, I have some questions. All right, go ahead. Go for it. These Do are this. generic questions. Okay. So you mentioned that you have to relay some stuff to the dev team when mm. it comes in. So my curiosity is, 
in your opinion, what's the like best and worst things about dealing with a dev team? Uh, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> um, so we're supposed to be the bridge from like uh, these forward-facing, support-facing issues to the dev team. So we, we, we need to be at least fairly familiar with the, the, the system itself, what could be causing the issue, what, what is breaking. So we have to have that technical expertise in order to be able to relay it quickly to devs. Um, so the best thing is like, uh, when you do relay the issue, they're just like fast on picking it up. They know exactly what it is that, that they need to start looking towards. Um, and then they can start working on it. They can deploy it to canaries and find out like, is this the issue? If it's not, they can revert what they did. They can try again, put it to, to staging then production in order to make sure the issue is full. And when all of that smooth, like flows smoothly, like from you bringing up the issue, giving examples, showing where it might've been, you know, is it a bad PR? Is it something something that could be uh, related to, to a feature that they just pushed out? Um, and then they pick on it, they fix it, and they push the solution immediately. That's like, that's probably the best thing because that way it's just, it's, it's done quickly and it's not drawn out. Um, and you know that support isn't getting flooded by merchants freaking out about something not working properly. Right. Um, alternatively, the worst thing is, is that, um, the developers t sometimes tend to like silo their information. Um, um, especially when you need to relay to other people, um, what that merchant facing impact might be sometimes, because it's not always clear. Like you could know something is broken, but we don't know what the scope might be. We don't know like what part of the system could be causing issues for those merchants. And, uh, devs aren't always like the best at handing that information out. You kind of have to like, um, dive into it with them and kind of pull it from them in order to make sure you know what it is so you can relay that. Um, and then uh, sometimes they tend to, um, like, you know, the huddle feature that's been, been, uh, introduced to Slack, right? Have you guys come across that? The more context? Um, the huddle. So like you literally press the button huddle on Slack and then anyone can jump in and do voice chat immediately. I have, I am not privy to this. No. No, you got this oh, is news to me. Okay, yeah. maybe Thanks it's an enterprise. Yeah, it might be some enterprise feature. It, but the the thing is, is that devs have been using it to jump in and relay information quickly so that they could um, resolve the issue as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. The problem is, as me who's trying to relay that information, I can't jump into that huddle because I need to be focused on on putting out the fire. So they'll be communicating that information, but I need to you know, relay that. I need to know what's going on. I need to document what the steps are being taken in order to resolve the in information. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that does happen. Devs tend to group together with those huddles or just in conversations in general. Um, uh, and, and that can be like a bit worrisome because, you know, it's, it's my job to know what those steps are, where is breaking and what steps are taking to, to resolve it. So, so whenever something gets to you, it's an escalation and everything's on fire. Or is it like things that can be triaged and prioritized? Or is it like, if it gets to you, we got to fix this right now? That's, that's a good question. That is a large part of my role is determining what to bring to devs attention. I see. So a lot of the time, um, uh, support advisors will be saying, Hey, I had a merchant who's having this issue. Um, and then technical merchant support now comes to our team and says, Hey, two gurus mentioned this issue. So I have to kind of determine, is it a big issue? 
Is it, is it, can I replicate the issue? Is this something that's going to affect them making sales? Um, is there only two reports? Usually three is like the cutoff when like, okay, now it's starting to saturate. If there's three reports in like two hours, that's when you, you start, like the fire alarm starts kind of brewing in the back of my head. Um, so like it, it's kind of finding out the scope. How many people is it affecting? Is it something that needs to be dealt with now? Or is it like a, a display issue that really doesn't making much of a problem? Um, and is it is it is it affecting sales for merchants? Mm -hmm. So once you determine those questions, that's when you kind of like start paging devs and you know waking them up if they need to be, or or uh, you know pinging into channels trying to get eyes on it immediately. So. Well, I like what you said there because I think either last week or the week before, one of my frustrating things at the start of the episode was people not replicating bugs before they add them to the sprint. So if you're doing that, you have, you have my approval. No, it. that's that's a huge thing. If I like, if I can't replicate it, and if I can't tell that what like, like for example, it could be affecting only people on for whatever reason the East Coast or something like that. If I know it's replicable in the East Coast, then I know it's an issue. If it's just random people all across whatever you know reporting it, and I can't re replicate it, and they can't replicate it, then I just you know I'm like, no, nah, we're we're probably good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, he's already doing better. I know. Just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of uh, my job. <laughs> so, but you'd, you'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, the other one. It was my. It was more of my backup question in case you didn't work directly with a dev team, uh, which was just what's the best worst thing about being friends with devs. Uh, Specifically, yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I'm I mean, I just curious. He's reevaluating his whole life right now. <laughs> so eight years? No. <laughs> I, no, it's. I mean, it's great. I mean, I'm in the tech industry, right? So you know, we always get to discuss like if there, like if there is anything happening within the tech industry. Or like if there's something about programming he wants to talk about, like I'm not a programmer. I did take, you know, CST. I don't know if you guys talked specifically about CST at all. Not very much, no. Well, our, our, our college program, I did do programming in that, but I didn't go directly into a programming job. And even now I'm okay, not so much, you know, being in that position. But I still am glad to like have that knowledge coming from you and, and trying to keep current enough on it so that I can still kind of understand if I'm in any situation including at work when I'm working with dev teams to understand like why this language might be varying from that or what API differences could be causing whatever. So I'm, I'm very grateful both in my job and in my personal life to kind of have that. that uh... Take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, What's no. the worst thing? Um, <laughs> this is a uh, whole episode. <laughs> you know, maybe complaining about coworkers. <laughs> I have never done that. <laughs> pro programming, I've noticed, is a very individualistic kind of profession. So get blamed. <laughs> get blamed. Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody has. I mean, in any situation, it's the coworkers are you're gonna chafe with. But I feel like programming in general is very much like, if you can't find somebody who jives with your own mental and work ethic, it it, it tends to chafe a lot. Yeah, especially if they're using underscores and API names, well, like, oh, <laughs> damn them. <laughs> no, it's why everybody's had to listen, who's listened to the show, hear me talk about how much I'm enjoying working at Telmatic right now, because I get along with my very yeah. small team, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah, culture fit is a big thing. 
Um, and you lose a lot of that in bigger corporations, but with smaller companies or even smaller teams. Yeah, if you have the same mindset and work ethic, I've noticed, yeah, it just gels. Yeah, okay. I have, I have one last question. Um, for So we've talked about people who are non-technical who may want to start Shopify stores and go in there. What about, because some of our listening audience is technical folks, what are kind of different technical roles and paths they can get to working in Shopify? Uh, specifically, the, the, the corporation itself, not outside yes. of Shopify. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do focus on Shopify or whatever your perspective is from people who join the company on different roles. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I will mention just for, for detail's sake that um, there are a few really great positions you could take, especially if you're looking for contract work outside of Shopify. I mentioned it earlier, but the Shopify expert slash partners program is really great for merchants who just want like one quick code change to their theme, or they want to develop a specific app or something. And you don't want a full-time position, but you just want some good co contract work going through the partners slash experts program. Uh, really means you can you can get yourself out there. You can start doing like quick jobs for people, or maybe something more long term. Um, and then one other thing I'll mention for outside of Shopify is the Hacker One program, which is um, I think a big thing with a lot of companies. Um, but you can make like quite a bit of money if you're you're able to spot like a really good um, a security bug or something that could be causing you know loss of information for merchants or stuff like that. Um, Shopify does tend to pay out pretty well for for stuff like that um inside the dev inside shopify for dev positions um they i think the rule that they use generally is to always hire someone who is better than yourself that's like the the guideline that they use a lot when it comes to hiring for devs um that's that's they've been saying that for years now so uh, the idea is that they always want to be improving um but honestly like shopify has grown so much at this point that like at, we like we could you like we, we need people um, and almost always like experience is gonna translate over well to the different different sections of what we do we do a lot to do with react you know we have angular sections we have API we have we have we have app work we have you know rail stuff uh, almost always there's gonna be like somewhere that you know any dev work if if you've done it it could you know very well get you in that door in order to start at least trying to see if Shopify would be a good fit. But um, yeah, like like we said, it's 100% remote now, so that's mm -hmm. great. If you're anywhere in Canada, um, you know, it's worth applying. Uh, if you're outside of Canada, I, I would not say so much <laughs> <laughs> um, because Shopify isn't completely comfortable hiring internationally quite yet. Um, but within Canada, yeah, if you think, um, you have a fair shot i would say go for it um i think almost all of our positions are listed on lever um so if you look up shopify lever you should be able to find like all of all of the things we're looking for at the moment and we're growing so large like i said yeah not to you know i like obviously it's a big company but you know if we want to beat amazon we gotta we gotta start <laughs> pulling in as many people as we possibly can right so yeah no that sounds really cool it sounds like there's sort of a bot razor question 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. The exact phrase. Bot, bots in general? No, bar. just bar razor. Bar razor. Oh, sorry. Yeah, because you're trying to hire somebody who's better. I mean, right? that's that's the rule of thumb. But like, come yeah. on, realistically, you know, it's not always like like as long as you know. Is not that a, I'm saying. Is it ever a grumpy French guy? <laughs> <laughs> Probably more often than no. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, of course, you know. Um, it's definitely more about like your mindset and if you do good work you know that's 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 what we're what they look for mostly that that's just kind of like a, a generic saying that they've had in devland for years mm -hmm. as to whether you know it always pans out it's not always going to be the same for everyone right so. yeah yeah people have be better at different things exactly as well yeah. uh, so there have definitely been people i've interviewed who i'm like oh you can like have a conversation a lot better than i can that's an improvement so <laughs> Yeah, and, 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 and honestly, Shopify isn't going to force you to work the same position that you applied for. There's so much inward movement that mm. if you start a position somewhere and realize, hey, this isn't really my thing, almost always your your lead is going to try and like find you a way to, to get into what you actually want to do. So Stay there for six years. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that's like a testament to... <laughs> managing a company uh, decently well i know <laughs> well yeah yeah that's forever in tech land yeah yeah and honestly i could go to you know a different position high paying jobs maybe but i don't know i'm just comfortable at shopify it's the work ethic the mindset you know um i've worked the same lead i have now in my new position was the same lead i had four <laughs> years ago for like a good two years uh -huh. so like just having her again as my lead is just like hey this is you know i have a relationship with this person i'm comfortable with them they know what i need they know what to how to get the best out of me so you know even that i have something like that six years later i think that's really why you know it feels so good for me to to just you know i'm okay just staying staying within the company for sure so good stuff yeah yeah sounds like they're constantly doing better uh, <laughs> which is such a great segue to our final section segment of the show i like that i can sigh in real time now <laughs> see even that's better uh, <laughs> so to give context Denise, we have a final segment where we talk about things we did better in the previous week and things we're gonna do better in the upcoming week so I'll, i won't put you on the spot right now so we'll start off with nathan yeah what did got, you do i got my notes yeah. Right, so one of the things I said I was going to do better was I was going to buy a backpack for overnight hikes, and I did that, and then yesterday I thought I should make sure that I'm good with this, because I wore it around the store a little bit, make sure that it fit well and seemed to sit properly on my shoulders. Everything seemed okay, but I was like, let's load it up with stuff, so I put all my stuff in it, and then did like a four-hour walk out to Mount Doug. Walked around a bunch, put like my hiking boots and everything on too, so I looked like a proper weirdo. And then came back. Everything seems fine. I didn't wake up horribly sore or anything, so uh, I think we're good. So that was good. And I said I was going to learn a song on guitar. So I've got I've got two parts to this. So the first one was I learned a full song because it's incredibly easy. And I just thought to myself, I was supposed to be learning a bare naked lady song, and I thought, you know Which what? One? I have <laughs> I have to ask which one. Yeah, so. pinch me. So that's the that's the next point. So I was wanting to learn that, and then I was like, oh, I haven't listened to Joel Plaskett in a long time. Let's listen to some Joel Plaskett, staying in the whole Canada theme. And then I decided to learn Nowhere With You because it takes like five minutes. And I was like, cool, I've learned my song. That was my do better. 
and I mentioned it to Gann, and he's like, so you just cheated, and you learned a really easy song. <laughs> like, uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> so I've learned, I've learned a good chunk of Pinch Me, and I haven't memorized all of it yet, but it, it's getting there. So one and a half songs. That's some, some progress. Uh, let's pass it off so I don't talk for ten minutes, and you can tell me what you did better before I go into my do's. All right, all right. Well, I said I would, you know, do more Instagram on our on our social uh, yeah. the reels uh, I could not summon the strength to get stand in front of a camera and make some sort of video mm-hmm. so I instead just posted more memes uh, <laughs> that, I, that was that was one of the things I noticed that was great on the Instagram yeah so it sounds like it's well received so far with our very small data set <laughs> and I am happy so but I am using the buffer tool more effectively now so I am st- starting to schedule out posts for multiple days instead of just whatever the next one is, uh, to sort of have a theme to sort of know what our social media is going to look like. Um, and of course, just learning and playing around with that and different hashtags, see which one has more visibility or whatnot. Uh, so yeah, did better a little bit on that. And then another one I said was, was I'm just going to go hang out with my friends, which I'm doing. So it's, it's just wow. so great. I know. Here we are. Yeah, and then another thing I said was I would give my personal website a little bit more TLC. Uh, you didn't do that. Which I didn't do, So because <laughs> I was hanging out with my friends and I didn't want to sit in front of my laptop. I'll take the blame. Yeah, it's 100% him. Uh, so it's moved on to my do better. Okay, fair enough. Anise, yeah. do you have anything that you want to mention? This is obviously unplanned for you. Yeah. <laughs> if you get anything better the last week, feel free to share. I mean, I feel like I leveled up a lot on on, on video game knowledge, even the most uh, inane, unnecessary, uh, no, not necess- like not needing to know whatsoever um, game this, knowledge this during was, E3. For sure. This was E3 related. Yeah, 100%. So, so, do you have any of those random factoids available? Um, Verizon... <laughs> is upgrading their internet service in order to help you with game streaming. No, I, I, there is, there is, there is a lot of great stuff. So I feel like I did, like I, I did better maybe in that. Like, there's a lot of cool things that I'm looking forward to now. Um, the game development cycle looks like everybody was working on something during Corona, and now that Corona is coming to you know at least a manageable end, they're like, quick, let's get every single game we've been working on this entire time out. So for the next year, this schedule is so packed, but like I, I felt like I did better. Like I know, I know, like a good idea of like all of these great things that's going to be coming out in the next year. But then also, alternatively, there is a whole bunch of just unnecessary chat. Like I'm not that I want to minimize any like game developers' efforts, but um, but it's yeah, E3. It's, we want to see gameplay. We want yeah, to see more games. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I really wanted to be excited about Starfield because it's supposed to quench hey. my thirst for Bethesda making something. Yeah. And there wasn't really much in the trailer th- no. to, to tell me. It was a cinematic trailer. That's yeah. it. And it wasn't even like very cinematic. It was no. like a... <laughs> so I, t- I texted Gian because I, I was watching a gopher watch along because he was doing the Bethesda section. And the first thing I got excited about was Animal Party. It's like, why is this the thing I'm the most interested in? Because <laughs> uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be the next Mario Kart. Just like weird floppy physics. Oh, so excited. Um, yeah, it was a good trailer. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but for my do betters for next week, this is where I commit to stuff. Come on, phone. Open. I. Oh, yeah, that was my that was my carryover. My general month long goal of if I make plans with somebody, I actually do it even if they cancel. 
I've circumvented that by just not making plans with anybody because <laughs> people are unreliable. Uh, but I need to finish learning. Did you, did you learn that from him? No, 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 no. I always I deliver, man. I I commit and I am always here. I'm just not here. That's the problem. No, but <laughs> if I'm not in Victoria, I can't commit to plans with Nathan. <laughs> Yeah. Finish learning pinch me, like I mentioned. Uh, need to do some more stretching slash just like yoga stuff in general because I get real stiff from standing at my standing desk pretty much all day on a hardwood floor. So just remembering to move and stretch a bit more throughout the day. Did you get one of those mats where standing makes easier? I, I have like a yoga mat that I can stand on. Thanks for listening, everybody. Unfortunately, we lost the final three-ish minutes of this recording. So I will just let you know that the things you missed were just our do better segments. Specifically, I was going to do what I said I was going to do, work on stretching and such. Guillen was going to spend more time relaxing and spending time with friends, playing video games, those sorts of things, uh, getting some downtime in. And Anise was going to do better by being a great uncle for his nephew's birthday. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.